offering information for your mind, enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Welcome to Sabbath School U. My name is Anastasia, and with us today we have Evelyn, we have Katty, and we have Jeffrey. Before we jump into the lesson, um, Jeffrey, why don't you open up with prayer? Sure. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to, opportunity to dive into your word and give us the wisdom so that we can understand it better as we uh, go through this lesson. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Um, so we see that the controversy continues. And there is a controversy with Elijah and with the children of Israel. What was the controversy? Well, I think the biggest thing that sticks out in the story to me that kind of has a controversy is that he, he was going directly against what, I can't say this word, it's Baal in, in Spanish. How do you say the Baal? Baal, Baal. yeah. Baal. So he was directly going against um, what people thought Baal was going to do, mm -hmm. which was provide rain. Um, and he said, it's not going to happen. And then, so I think that he was making the point of good versus evil really obvious to the people of Israel. Okay, what did he, what did, what did he end up doing? I mean, he was, he was a prophet at the time, right? And he was trying to make the children of Israel believe and the true God again, because they turned away from God. They were worshiping other gods. Mm -hmm. And so we have the king here, and they're kind of taking on a bet. Like Elijah tried to make a bet mm -hmm. with the king and say that, um, let me prove to you of the true God. And there's what, he had about 800 some mm -hmm. um, of his own. The king at the time had like 800 some of his own um, priests, priests uh, and all these yeah. men of wisdom and whatnot. So Elijah even gave them the first chance he's like okay you guys go ahead and do as long as you need to take take your time and call upon your gods mm -hmm. and then later he even mocks them he even makes fun of them as they're trying to you know call upon their god he says y'all harder <laughs> y'all louder <laughs> I think they're maybe sleeping. he's asleep yeah. <laughs> and it was crazy because they were even like cutting themselves and doing all this like manner it was like a circus yeah <laughs> yeah it was ridiculous they were really bleeding and he gave them i think it, it was from sun up to sun down yes. or something like that, that they were calling upon their, um, their gods. So what, what ended up happening? How did Elijah prove to, the, to them of their God? Mm -hmm. So we all know the story, right, of Elijah um, and how he, uh, at Mount Carmel, I think it was, he brought down fire from heaven and, um, you know, it was a test, like you were saying, um, to see which God was the true God. And, Elijah was, I think, the only person there who believed in this God, who we believe in, mm -hmm. and everyone else was against him, and they believed in, you know, the false God, and, you know, at the end of the test, you know, we all know the story, God brought down fire from heaven, um, and nothing happened with their gods, um, and they were, you know, doing all types of things, you know, cutting themselves, like you said, and nothing was happening, but... Um, you know, fire from heaven, like fire from heaven, does that even happen? Like, is that even real? You know, what, what better way to show these people that this is from God and yeah. believe, you know, this is the true God that we believe in, we, we need to believe in. And the people were just um, 
in awe as to what just happened. Um, and so I think the controversy here is that, um, you know, sometimes we are, um, we go away from God and we are, you know, of this world and we sometimes make um, idols. They may not be like Baal or Baal in Spanish, <laughs> but um, I think, you know, we have idols ourselves. Like it can be our phones sometimes, always on our phones, you know, doing things we're not supposed to be doing or uh, it can be um, TV, anything um, that is putting God under um, that idol, you know, and that, that makes it an idol. And so we have idols like they do, and um, it may not be, you know, physical idols like statues, but uh, I think we always have that controversy, the great controversy between God and the devil, you know, the devil trying to tempt us into um, giving us idols and keeping us away from God, and we, uh, you know, choosing right from wrong, choosing God or evil. Mm -hmm. So that I think the controversy and I think it's a beautiful lesson that we have today. I think aside from the obvious great controversy of good versus evil here, um, also the amount of faith, the amount of assurance that he had that God was going to follow through. Um, I don't know if any of you guys play sports, but I'm a very, I love basketball and volleyball and I'm just, I grew up on sports and we, any sport you play against competitive people, there's always going to be trash talk, even if it's board games. Um, <laughs> and sometimes I feel like I, uh, when I'm playing board games, I'll, you know, spit some trash talk. Um, but it's just to make the other people uncomfortable because I could still be like, oh, am I going to win this? Am I, am I actually going to make the shot, you know? But I think that his trash talk, per se, was so, like, he was so confident he mm -hmm. he there was everyone around him was going left and he was going right yeah and, and imagine being in his shoes exactly like, like how do you and i i don't i don't know that i have the spiritual connection with god that i could be able to stand up and stand out like that alone mm -hmm. um for something like that yeah i agree i feel like well, he was facing how many people? Not only was he trying to prove to all of Israel, but also all those other prophets and those mm -hmm. priests and all that. And the level of confidence that it took to be, you know, yeah, God's got this. How often do we have that in our life? And we don't even have to prove that to everybody. We don't have to prove to a nation. We don't have to mm -hmm. prove to kings or to the president or to the government. We don't even have to prove anything to, to those. We just have to prove to ourselves you know, about the confidence that we have with God. I mean, we're surrounded by friends, friends who are Christian, friends who are not Christian. We're, we're in a society where it's not enough to have just one of something, you know. And how do we continue on um, showing that confidence in today's age? We don't, have, we don't have to prove anything. We just have to prevail. We just have to be steadfast in our faith. And it is so hard to do, especially in today's day and age. Mm -hmm. Like, I think about... Apple, right? Mm -hmm. They are releasing one thing after another. And it's kind of like, you just got your Mac, MacBook and it's the regular MacBook. And then they released the Pro and then they released the Air. Now they got that iPod, <laughs> the iPad Mac or Pro, the iPad Pro or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> it's never enough, you know? And you think about, like my husband, he's really big into all these apples and all these 
and apples. We got, we got the Smith apples. <laughs> um, so he's really big into that. So he keeps up with it. And I get tired of hearing about it. Like it's really, I'm not a tech person. I'm not a gadget, ele electro elect electronically person, whatever you want to call them. I'm not a geek. Okay. <laughs> so I don't follow this stuff. And for me, it's kind of like he's saying the same thing over and over and over again. And I feel like sometimes in our conversations, we get so caught up with that. We forget why we're here. We forget what our purpose is. And it's not to get the best that's out there. And it's not to know about the best that's out there. We don't even have to have it. But what's the point of us knowing? Mm -hmm. If only we, we put ourselves in the mindset for it to study God's word like that, to really try to project who God is so that other people can, can see that. Like we don't have to prove God to anybody except for ourselves. And people will see that. People will see that God lives through 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 us. Yeah, well, it's like you said, you, like your husband pursuing all the apples. I mean, you have to continue pursuing the word, mm. pursuing God, making sure to make time for him and to read his word and to pray. Because, I mean, there there's so many distractions in this world, so many. And sometimes it's not even necessarily bad things like we were talking about earlier, like going to exercise or something early in the morning before going to work mm -hmm. or, you know, but it's just something you just have to continue pursuing mm -hmm. and make time for and make sure to put it in front of mm -hmm. everything else. Mm -hmm. Speaking of distractions, um, David is also mentioned in this lesson, right? Mm -hmm. What was David's distraction? A woman. <laughs> yeah. Seems to happen a lot in yeah. the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I think um, David, um, even though, you know, he was, he was a king and he, he had such great faith. We see he killed a giant, you know, when no one thought they could. And then a little boy comes out of nowhere and he just, yeah, kills the giant just yeah. off the back. And what great faith and great power that he, he had as a king and as a boy when he killed Goliath. And it shows that anyone can get tempted mm -hmm. with anything, you know. In this case, it was lust mm -hmm. um, that, that David had for, uh, you know, someone else's wife. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was so close to God. Um, you know, sometimes we, we call Jesus the son of David, you know, and... David, he, 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 he was such an amazing human being in the Bible, but he felt too. Mm -hmm. He was tempted yes. too. And we all can mm -hmm. have that same um, situation happen to us. Mm -hmm. um, he, he, I think we all know the story. He um, saw someone else's wife, you know, and uh, slept with her and had, had her pregnant and had her husband killed on purpose. And you know, this just shows how anyone can fall. Mm -hmm. And does, it doesn't mean that if you have great faith or you're, yeah. uh, you did something great in the past or whether you're a king or president or, uh, you know, you're, you're, you have a good job, it doesn't mean you're okay. It doesn't mean you're, you're spiritually okay with God and your relationship with God is good. You may have to work a lot of things uh, yourself. And... Um, you know, I feel like David was almost trying to cover up for his mistake. I mean, think about it. Yeah. David is the king, right? And since the beginning, when he brought down Goliath, God has been with him. And so now he comes to this point, his weakness, where, you know, people look up to him. 
He's a king. People see he walks with God. God walks with him. And suddenly he does this thing. He, he falls into temptation, you know, and his temptation gives birth to, to sin and, and brings forth death. And now he has to cover that up. What, why does he have to cover that up? So that no other, because he knows that he's looked at, he knows mm -hmm. that he's a king and people see him walking with God. But that's the problem with, with people is that we look, we have somebody in our lives that we look up to, whether it's in our family, whether it's our pastors, especially our pastors, because we, sometimes the churches that we go to, we go there because of the pastor, because we like the way he preaches because we like the choir in that church or something like that. And we put so much faith into, into a pastor, into this one person. And then suddenly this human being does something, falls into temptation of some sort. Mm. And then what happens? <laughs> Everybody is broken, heartbroken about what happens. People end up leaving the church, going somewhere else or having problems with it or blaming the, blaming the church for the past, what the pastor did. But we forget that he is only human. In the same way, David was only human. Mm -hmm. So he did what any human would do. He saw something beautiful and he, and he fell for that temptation. It goes all the way back to, to Eve. Mm -hmm. Eve saw something beautiful, right? Yes. It yeah. was a fruit yeah. of some sort. I mean, it was appealing to her in some way. But how did sin enter into this world? Through, through lust as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I also want to go back to something. I mean, David... You know, he, he, God had worked through him in such a great way. You know, he was at the pinnacle, like you were saying earlier. But I feel like that's when we need to be careful, like really careful. Because, I mean, when we're at that pinnacle, that's when Satan is going to want to attack us the most. Mm -hmm. And then also that goes to say, I mean, how do we deal with failures and victories in our daily life? Because, yes, David tried to cover it up and he knew he did wrong. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he dealt with that failure and, you know, he wrote Psalms. He lamented, you know. So, I mean, I, I think that's a big thing. That says a lot. Yeah, he still persevered. Yeah. How, do we, how do we do that? How do we, from the time that we fall and we go against God, how do we come back to that? How do we continue on? I mean, I would be so full of guilt and so ashamed of what I did. I would want to hide myself from God, from society, period, if I did something so bad. Well, if you look at 1 Samuel 17, um, 40, 45. This was um, before, this was during Goliath, uh, during the Goliath time. Mm -hmm. And David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and Beer and javelin, I don't say that in English. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Uh, who you have defied. Okay, so he's, he's confident. He's, he's like, okay, you're coming at me with all this stuff, whatever. I have God behind me. There's no faltering that. Mm -hmm. And then you turn to 2 Samuel 11. Mm -hmm. This is from the same man. Um, well, this is Second Samuel, like from 11, from verse 1 to verse 17. You read this whole thing, and the whole time he's just covering up, covering up for the sin that he had committed instead of, like, letting go and saying, you know what, I messed up, take me in and change things around. And I think that that's kind of what we're talking about here. We are so confident sometimes in the things that God mm -hmm. has set aside for uh, us. Um, we're like, you know what? We are involved in church. We're helping. Yeah. We're helping the community. We help with the old people at whatever you know. Like we're involved in all these things, 
and then all of a sudden we fall and because we are scared of what other people are going to say or what other people are going to do or just simply because we are we feel guilty mm -hmm. instead of like getting out and just saying god i messed up yeah. like help me we just turn around and be like okay um how do i cover this up uh, yeah. <laughs> you know you can't see me yeah, yeah. and that's not what god has intended us to do mm -hmm. um and i think this is this is why I love this story so much because it's so real mm -hmm. um, and it hits home to me because I'm like that. Um, I, I know that God can use me for certain things and I'm confident in that I can do certain things for God. And then when I'm up there doing those things, I, I realize that I mess up and I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, instead of saying, you know what, I mess up, I'm sorry, let me start over yes. again. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I, I yeah. love this story. Mm -hmm. And with that, sometimes we also lose sight, like, okay, this is for God, this is what I'm doing it for, this is for His glory, not for mine. Because mm -hmm. then that's when we're also thinking of ourselves, like, this is so embarrassing, like, why did I, <laughs> like, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I like what you, you were saying about, um, you know, covering up our mistakes or our sins, sometimes we tend to, because of the society we live in and because the people uh, we meet and who we hang out with, we feel that we need to put our best out there mm -hmm. and they need to see our best and mm -hmm. see good things in us. So when we feel like we've done something wrong, we don't want to show them what we did. We don't want to yes. talk to them about okay, I, I messed up, can you, can you please forgive me for this? Or even tell God about this, but we want to cover it up because we want to show our best out there. Mm -hmm. We don't want people to see our messed up souls, our messed up hearts inside of us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you think that part of that maybe has to do with us as a church and what kind of what you were talking about a little mm -hmm. bit is when someone messes up, speaking from the church's standpoint, how we see them, like, Oh, you are, you have now become an alcoholic, so we're going to shun you from the, ch I'm just saying an example, mm -hmm. but, um, so I think it's like half and half, half of, half of that is how you treat yourself and how, you, you know, like after you, you do that sin, if you're covering it up or if you mm -hmm. are earnestly asking for forgiveness, but the other half is how are we as a church treating those people that do fall, mm -hmm. tr treating us because we fall, you know, and my sin might not be as out in the open as yours, you know. Um, yeah, and, and we tend to treat church as a place where we kind of have to reach a level to come to, yeah. like in our appearance, in, in the way we dress, in the way we speak, mm -hmm. um, you know, we... we it's not a place sometimes where where people who are just hurting and they, they are just, you know, they've done so much bad in their life. It doesn't seem like a place where they're welcome sometimes. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, this is this is like we dress well. We are, you know, we we kind of want everything to go like this way and we want you to look like this. We want people who are good you know, and sometimes we, we, there are people who come to church, mm -hmm. I am sure, who come to church who are like struggling with sins, who are alcoholics. Mm -hmm. And they may not find that, that acceptance that they need yeah. in church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a church, that's what we are supposed to do. It's supposed to be a place where 
sinners just come and fall down at Jesus' feet and, you know, just repent and just cry out to God and ask Him to forgive us because He does. Mm -hmm. he does it's us. true. And I've heard this many times, mm -hmm. but it doesn't make it any less true that we don't go to church because we're perfect mm -hmm. and because everything is right in our lives mm -hmm. and everything. We go to church because, you know, we're broken. Mm -hmm. We need um, the healing that only God can provide. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I feel like... Um, you know, I think it's in Hebrews 5 where it talks about how um, Christ died for the church, for the bride. But in our minds, we have this perfect bride, you know, somebody who's flawless, who's white, who's pure. But what is the church? Who did Christ die for? Did he die for the pure? Did he die for the flawless? No, he died for the sinful. Mm -hmm. So the church that he died for is full of sinners. And sometimes we, we forget that. We forget that this is who Christ died for. He didn't die for those who dress well. He didn't die for those who speak properly or who, mm -hmm. you know, although that's not. Yeah, I was going to say, because yeah. even the ones who dress properly, I mean, dress nice and speak properly <laughs> and speak properly, they're sinners just as much as the ones that look more sinnerish. That's not <laughs> at all politically correct, and I'm so sorry. But you know what I mean? Like, I think another thing, too, is, What's like what standard are we holding these people to? Mm -hmm. um, I think that because David had so much power, he was able to be like, hey, get that guy in the front line mm -hmm. and he's going to die. He's going to be the first one of the first people to die mm -hmm. because he had that power mm -hmm. and power can become this thing that we 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 can't remember that like we just give too many people power. <laughs> You know, yeah. and that causes people to hide things. Because if I have the power mm -hmm. to hide that power in a like a human standpoint, if I have the power to hide something, I'm gonna do it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting yeah. you. Guys. No, like, that's oh, that's power. that's exactly right. <laughs> I feel like um, in the church, we should strive to be like David strive to be in the beginning, where he was. God even called him the man after God's own heart, right? Mm -hmm. And so. We need to strive to have those qualities, but what are those qualities that we should have? Mm -hmm. Well, I think definitely humble, mm. because if if we're not humble, then it, it's hard to receive God's word because then we have our own pride and we're like, oh well, you know, I can do this and I can do that, and you know, at at that point you're sort of pushing God out. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. I think along with humility, we also need to have knowledge of who we are and who God is. Yes. We are not invincible mm -hmm. and um, we tend to forget that. Mm -hmm. Going back to my little power speech, <laughs> we, we, sometimes we, we have all this power or we think we have all this power and we forget who really holds, who holds that power. Yeah, um, I actually, if you look at the lesson, um, it's, it talks about different people and how God, you know, used these people to do great things, um, and even when they've fallen, right? And you look at the story of Esther, um, and Esther was again no one. She was she was no she was nobody, right? Mm -hmm. uh, before she became <laughs> queen. <kinda> funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before she became queen, but she was um, chosen to be queen for. Uh, for God's purpose, to fulfill something and to save His people. Um, and I actually had a question about, um, about the story. 
the whole issue of the conflict between um, you know Mordecai and the the king and uh, it started off because Mordecai refused to bow down and this um, and this also called for some other people to refuse to obey the laws of the king. And the question that I have is, you know, are we as Christians um, sometimes called to not go with the laws that are put before, the, before us and, you know, reject and not follow um, the law that society is bringing to us and is telling us what to do. Like you look the story of Daniel and his three friends, you know, they went against what the, they were asked to do. They went completely against that. And, you know, that was the right thing, you know, what they were supposed to do. So um, are we supposed to go against uh, laws that are put before us? And are we supposed to, you know, stand firm? And if so, you know, where do we draw the line between what we follow, what we don't? It's tough. It is so <laughs> tough because I feel like uh, talking just from, first I'll talk about from a church standpoint. Mm -hmm. From a church standpoint, we elect our our leaders, no matter what denomination we're in. We, we elect some kind of leaders, where it's, whether it's pastors, whether it's directors of conferences or whatever it is. Um, and we're praying to God to allow us to make the right decisions to get those people mm -hmm. elected. Mm -hmm. um, and... I don't know about you guys, but before I go and elect a president and go vote a president in, I also pray for that too. So I just feel like to a certain extent, you're asking God to help you make a decision um, with these laws and voting the right people in so you can follow the laws. But what if they really do go against? I don't know. I know, because that's almost like creating a, a shady gray area or something like oh, you can break the law in this circumstances, yeah. but not in this, or like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, I think in the end, it doesn't matter what the law is. We should try to rely on God to lead us through any kind of obstacle that may, the enemy may put out there for us. So what did you take away from this lesson? Well, what I took away was from the story of David um, and how he fell, you know, as a great leader and a person of great faith anyone can fall and that we need to get ourselves back up and know that God will forgive us no matter what, no matter what, He's there, there to accept us. Mm -hmm. I think what I took from the lesson, hmm, so much good stuff. I think I just, that ultimately it all boils down to having a relationship with God because whether you fall, when you fall actually, He's going to pick you back up. He's mm -hmm. going to take you where you need to be. Um, and he will show you if you need to go against the crowd, um, like Elijah did. Uh, he'll sh he'll show you what you need to do. And I think it ultimately relies on, you know, spending that QT with God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I took away from this lesson actually goes with what you said, which to me what sums it up is faith. I mean, we didn't talk about Esther that much, but she had such great faith. I mean, she was like you put it, a nobody. <laughs> And she had the faith to, you know, follow God's word and go before a king, a king of a nation, mm -hmm. and be like, look, this is the way it is. <laughs> and that takes guts. Yeah, that's a very good point, that we have to just keep steadfast mm -hmm. and to keep to the promises that God gave us and to keep to that faith. 
Well, that's it for today. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to watch any more videos on this lesson, please go to www.sabbathschoolu.org.